This is the Culture and Conversations Podcast, and I am Jameson Smallwood. I like this song, so we're going to jam to this for a bit. Hope you're doing good wherever you're listening from, however you're listening. going to try to make you think a little bit, inspire you, make you laugh a little bit. We're just going to have a good time. This podcast is basically my Facebook feed in audible format. We're going to talk a little bit about what goes on in the culture as I pick up on things. And we're going to have conversations and interviews with people that I'm blessed to know that are doing interesting things. My guest this episode is a good friend of mine from high school and her name is Takara Brooks. And we're going to be discussing her attempt as an amateur bodybuilder to become a professional bikini division competitor in the IFBB. That is the International Federation of Bodybuilding. Her story is motivational and inspiring. And she's going to give us some insight into her life as she attempts to become a professional bodybuilder in the bikini division. It's going to be a fascinating look, I hope, and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Takara, how are you doing? I'm good, Jameson. How are you? I am doing great. I am excited to have a chance to talk to you this evening about all the cool things you've been doing in the fitness world. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, you know, you're one of the people that I thought about when I came up with the idea for this podcast because... You're in the process of doing all this great stuff, um, pursuing these goals in the fitness world. And I thought about it. I said, you know, I don't know a lot of people doing what you're attempting to do. And I thought you'd have a great story to tell if, uh, you know, we could sit down and just chat for a bit. Oh, that's good. Um, I hope that, you know, people find my story interesting and it gives them some goals to look forward to, even if they don't want to do exactly what I do. But just know that you can have a lot on your plate and still accomplish all of your goals. That's cool. That's cool. So you are you are on the journey of becoming the next professional IFBB, and that's the International Federation of Bodybuilding uh, Bikini Professional. Uh, I think I said professional too many times, but it's cool. Um, you are chasing a pro card in women's bikini how does that that's correct how does that sound when i say that that sounds like you know what i mean when you when you say it out loud do you get goosebumps thinking about becoming a pro uh in the bikini division i do um it it makes it real (laughs) first of all and you kind of realize how heavy that is on you 
And even though it might sound a little cheesy or whatever, I always think about um, writing my name and putting that IFBB Pro title behind it. So I, I think it would be really cool to be able to have that one day. Yeah, it's 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 not easy, you know, um, you know, just being sort of a casual observer of bodybuilding and someone who's followed Mr. Olympia and, and the male division of bodybuilding. Those guys put years and some of them, you know, decades into chasing the pro card. And, you know, when you think about women's bodybuilding and all the different divisions that you guys can compete in, you know, it's it's without a doubt probably the most competitive side of the fitness, you know, arena. You know, it's just it's just unbelievable how much competition you guys have to go through because it seems like there are so many women at every show. Uh, that's true. Uh, women, the bikini division only came about over maybe the last, several years, so it hasn't always been a really big part of bodybuilding. Um, women's bodybuilding in general hasn't really been huge, but the bikini division, I think, came about because um, more or less they kind of wanted girls who looked pretty and were athletic in tone, but not overly muscular. And so with that description, it kind of opened up the gates for a lot of women to kind of get more into the bodybuilding. Yeah, it 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 there has always been an issue in in bodybuilding, um, the the larger bodybuilding community that, in order to get women to be more involved, you know the 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 sport had to sort of revolve back, uh, or evolve back to what it what its roots were, and make it um, more approachable for women who who wanted to definitely you know display you know, great physiques that have been sculpted through work in the gym, but they didn't necessarily want to take it to the level of developing the musculature that, you know, uh, uh, maybe a figure competitor would have or a female bodybuilder. So I think, I think you do have a great lane to, to kind of go about becoming a pro IFBB pro with the bikini division. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, obviously I think you're going to be a pro full disclosure for people who are listening to the podcast. I, uh, I am the guru and, uh, Takara is being shaped by my very limited and sporadic knowledge of, uh, bodybuilding. But yet, um, my goal is to claim the title of, of being a pro whisperer one day. So I'm encouraging her in her pursuit of her pro card. And all of your advice has been greatly appreciated over the, uh, past few years. Well, we do what we can. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's funny because, you know, we went to high school together. I actually went to school all the way through, you know, through school together. And we really, uh, for the most part, hated each other all throughout school. <laughs> and yet we find ourselves in a situation where we're collaborating and encouraging one another to pursue actual goals like, you know, becoming a bikini uh, pro. So what got you into fitness, Takara? So, okay, I was a chubby kid. <laughs> um, I think, well, I was, I would say I was overweight most of my childhood and into adulthood. Um, I don't really think that I began to lose weight until right before I went into the Navy. And I think my smallest at that time, well, I, I would have to start and kind of give a background. My heaviest was uh, 192. 
okay. or 194, something like that in high school. And so I think that was my weight around the time I graduated. So I didn't go into the military right away. I waited about, I think, two, three years. And I went to college, and during that time, I, I started walking a little bit and getting my weight down because, you know, the military has weight requirements. Mm -hmm. And so um, by the time I joined the Navy, I'd gotten down to, like, 132 or 133. And, of course, you know, you go through all the physical requirements that your branch has, the Navy has, or whatever. And I did enough to pass. I mean, I didn't, I didn't lift weights or anything. I was what they called a cardio bunny. You know, I would do my runs and things like that. But um, I spent about eight and a half years in the military. And I think about the last two years, I started getting into runs, um, 5Ks, mud runs, tough mudders, Spartan races, like anything like fun and dirty, I was doing it. And so um, I finally got out of the military and there was a guy that I knew who had a dream of being a trainer, but he couldn't find any clients. And so out of the blue, he kind of asked me one day, he was like, Hey, you know, I have this really crazy dream. I want to be a, a trainer and I need clients. And I think that you would make a great client. And I think that maybe one day we could put you on stage and me I'm just one of those people. I'm here to kind of help people. I don't really think about it. If it's not going to kill me, I'm just like, sure, well, why not? Let's do it. And that's how I got into bodybuilding. Oh, wow. You know, that sounds almost like Ronnie Coleman's story <laughs> a little bit, where Ronnie kind of walked into a gym and uh, his friend Brian saw him, you know, training and was like, who's this guy and why is he not a professional bodybuilder, you know? Uh, so yeah, that that's how it usually starts. Somebody sees the potential in you, <laughs> and then they 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 give you a shot. You know, they're like, "Hey, let me uh, invest in this person." It's just that simple. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think your journey into fitness was shaped by your by your experiences being overweight when you were younger? And and if so, how was it shaped by your experiences of being overweight? Um, I think so a little bit. Um, I wouldn't really say that I was teased a lot growing up about being overweight. I mean, there's the normal childhood growing pains that you go through, you know, that kids may not agree with because kids are kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think there just came a day where I just kind of didn't like what I saw. Mm -hmm. And... I knew that the only way to change it would be for me to make changes in what I was doing uh, physically, what I was eating and things like that. And um, it, it was just one of those things. Once you start to see results, you kind of get a, addicted to it. And, well, if I can do this, well, how can I make myself better at this? And then it just became from losing weight to just trying to maybe – really build a nice physique and still be healthy and knowledgeable about what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. You have to see something in yourself that's not there, but at the same time, not let the fact that it's not there discourage you from trying to chase after what your vision for yourself is. You know, that's the, that's the, that's for me, it's the journey. 
Because, I mean, I, I'm encouraged by what you do. I find it, you know, encouraging and motivational, which is one of the reasons why I'm always cheering you on, you know, uh, because obviously I hate you, right? And so <laughs> so I can't, uh, as, a, as your friend of me, I can't say anything positive um, unless there's some type of uh, animosity there between me and you. But you, um, you know, you described this journey and of just shaping yourself into what you wanted to be. How has your life changed with your fitness uh, quest that you've been on? You know, I know people, obviously, they see you and... You know, you, you, you shocked them because, like you said, how you how you looked in high school and, and what they remember seeing you look like. How how does that how has that impacted your life, that journey of chasing after what you what you would define as your best self? Oh, wow. Um, it's weird sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, with bodybuilding, your body's constantly going through all these changes and, you know, so I have my my Facebook and my Instagram, and I just make these posts and about me working out, and I post the pictures, and, you know, on the days I don't feel good, I might say something. And you just never really know who's watching, be it people from home um, and just people who happen upon your page. And it's so crazy because I've, I've done local shows here in Maryland. Um, I've gone – across the U.S. to Vegas. Like, I've done shows all over at this point, and I've just met so many people. And it's it's overwhelming sometimes <laughs> because, um, one, you, you have to kind of be careful about the things that you put out because so many people start watching you. Like, I'm not one of those people that has, you know, tens of thousands of followers, but even if five people see enough in me to make a difference, it still matters. Um, it, it's it's been a whirlwind. Like I've I've gotten you know to know a lot of people. I've built a lot of friendships. I've been able to help other people change their lives. Um, I've gotten messages from people who have been inspired to do things that didn't even have anything to do with fitness. Um, I had someone inbox me early last year saying that because of my journey, they actually went back and got their GED. I don't know wow. how I inspired them to do that, but you know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because you can further your life with that. You're making a difference. You're making a difference in people's lives. And by, as you make a difference in your own life, you know, and it's, it's interesting. Like you said, when people are watching you, which, I think this leads me to one of the questions that I had that I that I, I think I'm going to enjoy asking or maybe regret asking, but <laughs> you get attention, especially you said on Instagram. But we all know that in every in every sport, there's groupies, and or as we call them, lurkers, because they just <laughs> they just they ghost follow you. They they you know they they make comments on your pictures. What is a what is one of the worst things that has ever happened to you with one of these bodybuilding groupies that uh that just that just that that totally missed the point of you chasing you know your fitness goals not so that you can you know make them feel bubbly on the inside. Um well 
I have gotten unsolicited pictures of private parts. Thank you for um, saying private parts because this is a PG uh, podcast. So. <laughs> oh, no, no problem. <laughs> no problem. I've gotten that. Um, um, that. I think that would be the worst of it. The other thing is um, sometimes with, well, both men and women, when they see the changes, because a lot of people don't understand that you don't look like you do on stage every day. You look like you do when you're on stage, when you're on stage. Yeah. So, you know, if I've posted a picture from a show or something like that, it might be, oh, she's too skinny or uh, she's too muscular or something like that. And, you know, initially it bothered me and you kind of want to, argue back and forth with people, and then you kind of have to come to terms with, you know what, people are going to talk. People are going to have their opinions. I just got to do what makes me happy. So those, those were like the two biggest things, the unsolicited pictures and I, I guess the the unwanted opinions of people who might not really understand the sport. Well, yeah, let's unpack that piece. Not the uh, unsolicited pictures part, but the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the part about the body shaming. So What's fascinating to me is, uh, as somebody who's who's in the process of, of 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 reclaiming his body and trying to, you know, fight the battle of losing weight and and changing my lifestyle to to get the results I want. I know I deal with body shaming as a big guy, but you're saying that mm-hmm. you're saying that as somebody who's in impeccable shape and who who looks you know great that you deal with body shaming on the opposite end of the spectrum that people are actually saying stuff to you to discourage you from actually getting into even, you know, getting into great conditioning and great shape because like you said, they don't understand the show. But I also think it goes back to them just not being happy with themselves because they see you accomplishing something that truth be told, not many people can even dream of approaching that level of conditioning and that level of dedication to, to, to becoming a, a, a bikini pro and IFBB. So with that said, do you think, do you think it's, do you, do you pity those people? Do you feel some type of way towards them aside from just ignoring them? Because it would, it, it would definitely frustrate me to hear people body shaming me when they see me making positive strides, let alone, as you said, the things you dealt with when you were um, growing up, when you were overweight. Um, I don't know that I pity them so much. I think that now that I'm older, I just realized that people say things because, you know, like you said earlier, that maybe there's something in themselves that they don't, you know, feel comfortable with. And it's it's easy, you know, this day and age to sit behind a keyboard and just, you know, type whatever because you may not think that these people have feelings Um and maybe they don't realize the amount of work that you have to put in. Is it? I, I don't know. Wow. But I don't really, I, I don't really feel bad. I mean, I wish them the best, and you know, the times I have responded, it's just like, well, you know, that's fine. Well, thank you for your opinion. I'm still gonna do what I'm gonna do. But I mean, clearly, you're here for some reason. So. Yeah. Nobody's forcing you to watch. No, that's true. It's not like you're. It's not like you're. You know, uh, putting you know, put, putting people, 
you know, into some kind of difficult situation where you're forcing them to look at your pictures and your progress that you're making. So, and you know, like I said, I just, I, it, my position has always been to encourage my friends to do the best, um, that whatever makes them happy, as long as they're not hurting themselves or hurting others, you know? And exactly. I think, yeah. And I think that, I think that, you know, I understand from being a fan of the sport that it takes a lot of effort and and just just you know discipline to eat clean to lift the weights to get up and do the cardio and the training and 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 just having a goal that's so far out that you start working out you know working on you know months in advance to and then to get to that point you know they uh you know i i think i think it's sad because you got you've got people who try to body shame you if you're not in shape and you got people who try to body shame you when you're in great shape so yeah, people are just people. They just want to live their lives and be happy, you know? That's, that's always what I say. Just live your life the best way you know how. Yeah. You know? And I think your encouragement that you that you talk about, how you spread encouragement to other people, I think for you, that's the stuff you have to obviously, you know, consume the most of because people are always going to try to feed you negativity over the Internet, you know? And, and people are so petty and, and jealous that, you know, they just – they just do that, but you know, you never have ever struck me as someone, you know, out here being being thirsty for attention. I think you're truly chasing after something that makes you happy and that you've gotten to a point where you can actually seriously pursue it and think about it. So, um, so yeah, keep up doing, keep on doing what you've been doing, and don't let that negativity have uh, have any impact on you. I won't. Good. good. But you know that. that- Kind of, I don't. Well, I don't know where your questions might lead, but that also kind of brings me to another thing about, you know, the whole thing with women's bodies and bodybuilding, the, the myths, okay. you know, that um, about lifting. Yeah, go into that. What um, what are some of the myths about lifting that that you want to elaborate on? That um, if you're a woman, heavy lifting will make you bulky, and it'll it'll take your shape and you know a lot of women are afraid to lift because they think that if they start lifting they're gonna look like a man and what they don't understand is one women are they don't have the same genetic makeup and chemical composition as men and it takes a very very long time to build muscle so unless you're not a natural athlete it's just not going to happen. Not only that, but lifting helps you build curves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Like, I think that if people were more educated about it and didn't just listen to, you know, random people who don't know anything about it, that maybe their their whole perception would change, especially well, with women. Well, yeah, I think it's bro science. You know, we always joke about how there's somebody running around spreading horrible pseudoscience in the fitness community. And a lot of women do believe, unfortunately, that they think that if they, they pick up weights, they're going to turn to men all of a sudden. And it's just not true. And even the women who do have help from other sources, um, you know, that are, that are found in test tubes, they, you know, they don't turn into men instantly either. They have to work really hard even right, with you that. Still you still know? have to do the work. It's not magic. <laughs> no, no, it's not magic at all. I, uh, I wish it was. I wish all it took was an elevated testosterone level to get into great shape. 
that is not, I know that for firsthand that that's not true, you know. Um, I, I do want to ask you, uh, I think, a question that is important. How how has your family's support been instrumental to you and you chasing after your goals? Oh, it's been it's been great. It, it's my family's everything to me. So I I always say that you know I could be in an apple throwing contest and my parents would be front row mm-hmm. because it's true. And, like, the importance of family, especially when you're doing something that's so hard on you mentally and physically, it's just you you can't compare it to anything. Um, it, it helps to have a really solid support system. Yeah. Um, there are people who can do it alone. Um, I don't know if I could do it alone personally. But my family and my friends, they've, they've definitely been key people in helping um, over the last three, four years. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's a takeaway for people listening is that, you know, you're not doing this without the loving support of people who really care about you. Um, because you've got so much negativity that comes with even some even something that is solely affecting you and... Yet you still have to overcome negativity, whether it's um, the, the the disappointments of not you know winning when you think you should win, or you know just a journey of learning and making mistakes along the way. You've got a family and, and a support system that helps you overcome those things, or gives you perspective as you overcome those things. And I think if you chasing anybody's chasing a dream, they need a support system of some kind. They need to have people who believe in them and, and are ambassadors for their success just as much as the people who don't know them try to tear them down with negativity. Absolutely. So. You have to keep positive people around you because, you know, negative people will bring you down and they'll take your energy. And, like, people don't know or realize it, but, like, I always say energy vampires are very, very real. And, <laughs> you know, you just have to surround yourself with good people all the time. No, you're right. I mean, every day is not going to be perfect. Life isn't perfect. We all know that. But the more that you can surround yourself with, you know, positive energy, the better off you'll be in just anything you're trying to do. Yeah. So I think one of the things I wanted to ask you about, just to give people an idea about what type of commitment you've made, um, what does your day consist of when you're um, prepping for a show? Um, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is where I turn it to the guru. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm going to ask you your macro breakdown, uh, your, ba- your body fat composition, uh, what you know, what kind of electrolytes you've been <laughs> you've been getting. Uh, you know, are you sodium loading? This is where we turn into. This is where it turns into the hard hitting bodybuilding portion of the uh, portion of the podcast. Uh, well, until recently, um, so I, I work. A lot of people don't know this or realize this, but I do have a full time job. <laughs> okay. So I'm at work usually by six o'clock every day, or six a.m. rather to mm-hmm. clarify. So um, until I. Stop doing faster cardio. I would get up at about two thirty in the morning, and I would go to the gym and I would do my first round of cardio, and then I would go to work, and then after work I would do whatever my training was for that day, and then I would finish up with 
cardio after that. But um, since we're into science now, we know that over a long time, over a long period, that faster cardio really doesn't help you any more than just regular cardio. So that works for me because now I get to sleep a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So um, now I, I just do my cardio sometimes before my training, depending on uh, what I'm training that day. And then um, sometimes I do it after. If I have legs that day, I generally do it after because I might not have the energy to make it through a full leg workout. But, um, yeah, my days are pretty long. So I work full time. I train at least three hours a day, and I go to school full time. And uh, so, and how do you eat? Describe your meals that you that you have to prepare when you're training. So I'm prepped. I get seven meals a day currently. I, I do have a nutritionist that helps me with all of that. Uh, currently, I have two shakes a day, two fifty uh, gram protein shakes. I have three meals that are chicken and two meals that are fish, and those are always with veggies, um, dark green veggies, um, and I carb cycle. So I get carbs in the form of oatmeal and sweet potato every three days to keep my energy up. Oh, wow. So you kind of do a fasted fasted carb routine where you deplete yourself a couple of days and then you go back and eat them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are and and those are low glycemic carbs where you're not just eating like you know chocolate or or you know sugar. You're eating you know something no, that's no, a slower no release. No, chocolate or sugar on prep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it 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 gives a perspective of what you have to sacrifice in order to get ready for um, a bikini show, and right. and you know when you say hey, you want to be a bikini pro, this isn't necessarily talking about being a bikini model where you just look like you're squishy on stage. You know, you're, you're, you're showing muscle, you're showing, you're showing insertions, you're showing detail that you will never see most people at a beach walking around in, in bikinis displaying. And, you know, to get to that point, you, you gave the people the recipe, you know, it takes three hours of training a day. It takes, uh, you know, discipline with your diet it then it takes the sacrifice of balancing your your work schedule and your school schedule so you know it's mm-hmm. it's no small thing that you're trying to do because there are people who have less on their plate uh and and they're you're competing against them but you're not you're not you know you're not discouraged you're actually optimistic that you're going to make it happen and that we're going to get you this pro card you know i believe it's going to happen for you and uh, i think that you're learning your body and that you're learning the game that you're playing in terms of the IF that will the NPC. And then once you get that, you're, you got a chance to compete with the compete at the IFBB level. And uh, that's going to be awesome. You know, that's going to be awesome. That means I get to go all over the world. This is true. Uh, and live that really exciting. Yeah. And live that rock star, uh, professional bodybuilder lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I'll be able to add you to the list of people that I know who are professional uh, bodybuilders. You um, have social media, so give the people your social media, your Instagram, your Facebook, um, anything else that you want the people to know. So my Instagram is at Tiki. That's T 
T-I-K-I-1983. Uh, my Facebook fan page is T-T-Fit. That's T-E-E-T-E-E-F-I-T. I really appreciate you letting me have the privilege of helping you tell your story. And, you know, this won't be the last time we talk, I'm sure. And, you know, I'm just wanted to make sure I end the podcast encouraging you and just giving you, uh, you know, just just some vibes and positive vibes that you're really – you really are inspiring, and uh, you know it, it, it's 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 just been it has been a great journey to watch you, you know, find the inner fortitude that's always been there to to pursue, you know, this pro card. And um, I think 2018, uh, you know, I think it's going to happen in 2018, and uh, it's just a matter of, like I said, people seeing the work you've put in on stage, you know, and really appreciating it and valuing it. And it just takes time, but you're going to get there, and, and people are going to people are going to stop and take notice, and and you're going to get rewarded with that pro card. Thank you so much. I like hearing that. I tell myself that every day. You're going to get it. It's going to happen. This is it. I am the uh, remember. I am the pro whisperer. You are. Yeah. In the meantime, I have to continue to look forward to my day being interrupted by you sending me uh, progress pictures <laughs> and. Uh, and and you sending me lifting videos and nutritional plans, so yeah, yeah, man. At least we got. Well, a, thank you for putting up with it. Well, uh, it's cool. It's it's the least an enemy can do, right? Right. So, all right, Takara. Well, you take care, and uh, we'll talk soon. Well, that brings to a close another episode of the Culture and Conversations podcast. If you want to reach out to the podcast, get in touch with me, you can email the show. That's culture and conversations at gmail.com. You can follow the show also on Instagram and Facebook. Usernames culture and conversations hope to hear from you I would love to know what you think about this episode and also hear your thoughts for ideas anything you'd like me to talk about anything you'd like to see the show do or hear the show do We're going to definitely add video at some point. We just got to find the right camera. So that'll be great if you want to recommend cameras for recording podcast episodes. I've got to thank the Passion Hi-Fi. That is the Passion H-I-F-I for producing this track Keep Fallen F-A-L-L-I-N that's on SoundCloud he's got a list of his royalty free music that's the Passion Hi-Fi and the track is called Keep Fallen it's described as Boom Bap 
I'm signing off. Until next time.